I mean, I just learned today that Scallywag references something bad from the Reconstruction <laughs> Era. Yeah. So I didn't know about that until today. I was like, fuck. Oh, yeah. pirate thing. <laughs> Welcome to Basically Tall Tales, a collaborative short story podcast featuring tales you can basically call tall. My name's Jared. I'm Adam. And I'm Todd. Each week, one of our writers will write one-third of a story before handing it off to the next writer to either continue or finish. The first writer will get to choose whatever genre they want to write in, and the other two will just have to deal with it. Today we have a story by me, Jared, with the first part of a new story. Make sure to rate, comment, and subscribe for more stories each week, because we're always writing more comedy stories, and your social media interactions keep us going. Without further ado, do here we go i'll just call it the murder of cork grunchman no yeah sure <laughs> i know what's gonna happen oh do you yeah i don't think i don't think you do okay well we'll see cork grunchman sat in the sand pit outside his home well it wasn't much of a pit, really just a pile of sand. Not much of a pile, either. You know what? Let's call it what it is. It was a sandbox, meant for children to play around in. And while we're at it, <laughs> let's have a chat about this supposed home as well. It said home is where the heart is, but Cork didn't actually have a heart anymore. That asshole necromancer took it and burned it in his efforts to return Cork to life. Whoa. You see... Cork had been murdered by the serial killer known to the public as the horse bucker of Flip Square. <laughs> he's more, despite all the serial killing, he's still more known for the horse bucking. Yeah. <laughs> a nickname born from a detective who thought that an absurd name would shame the killer into not killing so much. Uh, uh you should have gone with dog fucker. <laughs> Maybe. Instead, it just egged them on. The horse fucker responded by beginning to insert severed horse penises into various cavities of the victims. God. Natural or horse fucker made. Who's the horse fucker now? <laughs> this led to a new investigation, attempting to find where the horse penises were coming from. When resurrected... Cork wasn't much help to the police. It had been a dark night, and all he had seen was a cloaked figure walking towards him on a poorly lit street, swinging around what looked like a small pool noodle. Oh no. <laughs> Though he made sure to mention the glint of fangs and aroma of wet hay. I was going to ask if he was killed before or after the new nickname, but I guess we know. <laughs> <laughs> oh man yeah. Hork, Hork. <laughs> Or maybe Lucky Cork Depending on which direction you're coming from <laughs> Maybe Who knows No, I do, <laughs> the answer's no <laughs> No <laughs> Upon being released From the police station And explaining to the necromancer He would prefer not becoming a servant Of the dark arts he just wanted to go back to his life as an amateur alchemist and professional camel man wrangler. He soon found out, of course, nobody in the alchemy business really wanted to deal with an undead. 
always assuming he was the puppet of a necromancer that raised him. Even with his police-signed letter stating that he wasn't, people these days uh, just didn't have trust. Especially not in police. <laughs> yeah. And the camel men were all terrified of him. Knowing their own cursed species was brought into existence through the malevolent will of another user of dark magics. The blackguard of forbidden sexual fantasies... <laughs> who'd made people she hoped would have more sexual stamina than your ordinary centaur. <laughs> Needing fewer food and water breaks. She'd been, <laughs> she'd been very disappointed to find out, once the first ones were ready, that the camel men had little to no sexual drive, and unlike their horse brethren, came out kind of dumpy-looking for her tastes. <laughs> <laughs> they were, however... Easily amused by the idea of simple manual labor, so with a bit of encouragement from wranglers, they had become a primary source of cheap work around the city of Druma. A small city, all told, but one with significant magical affinity, due to its being situated on a ley line of significant power. A ley line that ran directly under Cork's house, which brings us back to our initial point, Cork whose heart was either scattered to the wind, or buried in a pit, or evidence locker somewhere, was not in his home. Wait, just lie with the first sentence, then. <laughs> yeah. His house was a run-down shack at the end of a dead-end street. The lawn was overgrown, which Cork attributed to the unnatural appearance of lawns, saying he preferred the local forestry encroachment. But truly, it seemed every plant he tried to grow lately died within days. This had been true while he was still alive as well, but he felt the pain of it more keenly now. <laughs> <laughs> He's attributing causation where there is none. Exactly. Cork stood up from his sand pit and stretched. It had been quite a while since he had meditated on the ley line, and he was feeling better as he dusted the sand from his rotting flesh on his legs. Unfortunately, it hadn't provided much clarity on his next course of action. His best bet was Chargus, an old friend of Cork's. Chargus was one of the few people, or more accurately, creatures, that hadn't abandoned Cork after his murder and resurrection. It was a long walk to his friend's house, and when he arrived, Cork was out of breath, or maybe just tired. It was hard to tell with the undead just what they were feeling, in a physical sense. Their emotions, on the other hand, were an open book. Cork slammed on the door and shouted, Open up, Chargus! I've got some complaints to air! <laughs> he continued pounding on the door until a groggy-looking half-tree came out. All right, all right, I'm here. What's the emergency? And it better be a good one. I'm too old to be waking up at... What time is it anyways? About three in the afternoon. Well, that's early for a half-tree. What are your normal hours, so as not to disturb you next time? That's none of your business, young one. <laughs> <laughs> the half-tree almost shouted in as stern a tone as it ever took. Fair enough. I'm sorry. I can't get used to the world since my resurrection. Everyone hates me, or scared, and I don't know how to cope with that. I was always so easily likable before, but that's not why I'm here, Gus. Oh? 
the tree asked, intrigued. It had been a long time since Cork had shown an interest in anything other than self-pity. And what is it that has so stirred you, then? Gus elaborated on his question after a pause. Well, I think I'm gonna try and find the murderer and give him a taste of his own medicine. Would this be considered rape revenge? jeez. <laughs> no. They didn't actually rape me. The horse dick was just set dressing for a crime scene. They both considered this for a while, and decided that the direction the conversation had taken was distasteful. <laughs> Gus said, All right, then. Why do you think you can solve something that these cops haven't been able to for years? I can solve it because it's important to me. The cops care more about their own problems, like how to cover up spousal abuse, uh-huh. or, or what the most <laughs> violent way they can break up a peaceful protest. <laughs> they just don't have the free time to deal with something so trivial as a serial killer. True, true, the tree said, pondering. But where do you even begin? You told me you didn't get a good look at the killer. No, but I've remembered more from that night, when I meditated on the ley line at my house. Cork lied. You see, I think it might have been a camel man. It was so big, it couldn't have been human. That narrows it down some, right? I mean, not really. You are the only human introduced in this story so far. (laughs) There are a lot of possibilities. Well, yeah, but I do think the answer is probably camel man, though. I just need you to talk to some of them, to find out if they have any ideas. They probably won't talk to me because, well, look at me. You are hideous. Gus thought for another moment, as was the tendency for trees. They like to put on airs of being thoughtful, even if they made up their minds instantly. That that kind of resets the whole scene with the hobbits. (laughs) They just made them wait for 12 hours. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, they're just being, trying to look like they're... It's a nice little ceremony of, you know, it's like, oh, we are thoughtful, don't worry. Uh We're gonna gonna kick some ass. No, we knew you were not orcs (laughs) as soon as we saw you. (laughs) You are not orcs. (laughs) All right, well, let's start at the factory you used to work at. Certainly, if your murder was a vendetta, that would be the place to begin looking. It wasn't a particularly long way to the facility, just a walk through tree-lined residential streets to get to the starkly contrasted concrete structures of the factory district, where the streets were covered with carts being pushed and pulled by camel men, and vendors were shouting over each other, trying to sell the local business folks the latest and greatest time-saving, labor-reducing convenience, while the camel men glared at them as they passed. Cork and Chargis arrived at the factory farm where Cork used to be a wrangler. He was immediately filled with regrets. It had been a long time since he had been there. It was difficult for him, walking through the doors, seeing all of his old friends, who now looked at him with pain and disgust. Really was pretty annoying, given that all these camel men were created as sex toys. (laughs) Real rich, glaring at him for being different. (laughs) They arrived at the main offices. He knew right away which one he was looking for. It used to be his. Back then, 
He had decorated with boxes of files, tacky prints of famous artworks, like the Moaning Lisa. (laughs) That's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) And his favorite, Man Running from Wasps. (laughs) Now, however, it was covered with stupid art by the current inhabitants' children. These poor kids were getting positive reinforcement on their hobby. It's hobby. <laughs> hey. That it was clearly awful at. Truly a shame. <laughs> the thought of the time that kid was wasting making pictures when it was already obvious it had no future in the field. It saddened Cork as much as anything he'd seen that day. Can I help you? The woman at the desk asked without looking up. Cork recognized her. They hadn't worked closely, but Squeesh was his obvious successor. Hardworking and stern, she didn't mess around. A real go-getter. She'd once thrown a team of managers under the bus for hiring out workers to the local massage parlors. Common enough practice that she had initially suggested. She turned them in when they tried to cut her out of the profits. I wanted to ask you about how the camel men have been recently, since I left. He wondered if he should have opened with pleasantries, but he wasn't sure Squeesh was big on them. Cork! She said, looking up from her paperwork. I would ask how you are, but from the looks of it, you're not great. Most of the camel men miss you. They liked your style. Not too tough on them because of their horrifying existence. You know... They may actually be more sympathetic to you than they are to most undead because of that. Why didn't the bosses consider that when I asked to come back? Whoa. Okay. (laughs) A real go-getter. Yeah. Uh, Because I didn't tell them and they are too stupid to put it together themselves. Before you ask, yeah, I didn't tell them because I wanted the job. Cork thought about this. It was vicious of her. But the pay bump she got would have been nice. Hard to surrender that willingly. Fair (laughs) enough. Would it be okay if I talked to some of them? Sure. I will have to be there in case I'm wrong about their disposition towards you. Alright. Well, let's start with my best bet then. Wilbur always seemed to like me the most. Cork turned to the door, but Gus interrupted. Wait. She clearly had a motive. Why are Nobody you... asked you, Cork snapped. So... I was gonna <laughs> I was gonna say something before as a joke, but I was also thinking yeah. that. <laughs> Sorry. I've been struggling with my anger since I got resurrected. I think that necromancer has anger issues. It was well known that certain personality traits could transfer through the resurrection process. Cork was annoyed that anger was the one that he had picked up. Right, let's go. Squeesh said, glaring at Gus. The trio walked down the twisting hallways in a tense silence. Gus still angry that they were letting this woman in. Squeesh upset that this tree was accusing her of something after having only met her a minute ago. And Cork, mad at the card's life it dealt him. Squeesh broke the awkward silence. I think Wilbur will be happy to see you. He's been struggling since we heard you died. I get it. I relied on him to convince the others that working here was better than sex work. (laughs) (laughs) We were close. Have you continued my methods, or are you riding them like 
some people prefer. I do not ride the workers. There are strict harassment rules. Not literally. I just meant, are you nice to them? If they do their jobs. The mopier ones don't last long, though. They lapsed back into silence as they came to the warehouse floor. Wilbur was pushing a stack of barrels towards the loading dock. Let him finish that first. Squeeze held them back, but it was too late. Another camel man had spotted Cork and let out a screech of surprise, followed by another from a co-worker. Then the whole warehouse turned into a cacophony of screeching camels. Panicked by the sight of him, Wilbur turned his gaze from his task to see what the commotion was. After joining the collective screaming for a... <laughs> After joining the collective screaming fit for a moment, he recognized his old friend, and with a shout of, Shut up! <laughs> he quieted the building, then trotted his way over. Well, hello there, Cork. I didn't expect to see you here again, given that you must have known you would have received the welcome you just got. But let me be the first to say, I feel your pain. Thank you. <laughs> I have a new appreciation for your plight as well, but I need to ask you a couple questions. Cork was interrupted by another screech from a camel man entering the warehouse. <laughs> he was quickly quieted by some others, but not before a smaller racket was raised by those who had forgotten. <laughs> Fucking goldfish, man. <laughs> they got that big fat dick with that dumpy body. Yeah. No brain. Yeah. Perhaps an office out of view would be best. Wilbur suggested. They all shuffled off to the foreman's office and closed the blinds on the window. I'll get straight to the point. Do you think anyone here hated me enough to kill me? Cork asked. Here? No, but I have an idea who the killer could be. Wait, why did you think a guy that murders at random was targeting you? To be continued. How does he know he's mur he's murdering at random if he's not the killer? <laughs> That's up to you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. yeah. Okay, so yeah. we got Cork Grunchman, yeah, uh, warehouse manager turned detective trying to solve turned the mystery sassy, of his own murder. Sassy Finch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think you're talking about Squeesh. <laughs> oh, yeah, because she took his job. Yeah. Okay. And uh, a few other things that you put in there mm -hmm. said that he was a an amateur alchemist before that yeah that didn't come into play in this story but it no. could yeah. yeah I'm just trying to see if I... you've left us any uh, any kind of direction to take it in or if you really do just want to just be like hey guys make a make a murder mystery <laughs> <laughs> I mean I think I did but I'm not okay I don't know. I don't know yeah. if it came off well enough or not, but I I knew who the murderer was going into it, so I okay. I think I well, left I the love clues. the setting. I love the setting. <laughs> yeah, we've got yeah. the uh, fantasy place with monsters and stuff, but also police. Yeah, who are and <laughs> yeah, like a what what is this like? What is this like? Some property that people besides me would know because. With my love of CRPGs, I don't know if you guys have ever seen or heard of Arcanum. I haven't, no. No, it's, it's, uh, it came out back when all the other CRPGs did. Like when that was a thing. Yeah. Baldur's Gate and yeah. Fallout. Mm -hmm. And, uh, probably a little bit late. So maybe closer to 2000. But it was a, it was a fantasy story 
set in um uh industrial age so okay. steampunk steampunk yeah, fantasy yeah. kind of so like dwarves working in factories mm. and stuff and had a bit of that class yeah uh struggle going on in it and yeah so i'm getting real uh arcanum vibes from this <laughs> well i've i've never heard of it so you know yeah so. i <laughs> It wasn't deliberate. Not even necessarily but, um, a compliment because Arcanum's <laughs> not one of the big ones. You haven't heard of it. Yeah. <laughs> it's good though. It's good. Yeah. 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 No, uh, I and the best part about it is the setting. And I'm saying that yeah. I really like this setting as well. Because yeah. it reminds me of that. Yeah. It's a really cool setting. But what yeah. are the what are the um camel centaurs doing in the factory? Besides fucking. Yeah, they're not doing that. They're doing manual labor (laughs) 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 because they find that more fun than sex work (laughs) was was how I set it up in the story. Okay, so we have to decide what kind of factory it is, too. Yeah, yeah, you can. I just wrote my outline, gentlemen. (laughs) Yeah, you are next this time. Adam is. Yeah, Adam is. Okay. I just had an idea, so I wrote it down on his tissue. (laughs) Don't blow your nose on it. Also, try not to nut on it. (laughs) I was. That was an obvious one. I was actually just gonna avoid it because I'm like too (laughs) obvious. It's obvious, and also the road rarely taken. Anyway, um, yeah, I really enjoyed like this kind of original world building you're doing with Mm -hmm. like camel men. Like, yeah, I'm thinking of them like kind of like half orangutan, half camel. That's kind like like all dumpy. Yeah, yeah. No, well, I, I don't know. I figured it was better than just doing like centaurs because people always have already have an image of them in their heads. But then you take like yeah the instead of half horse, it's half camel, and like their physical appearance is affected by that because generally horses are considered to be majestic creatures as opposed to camels, which are like dumpy. I yeah. think that's the term yeah, I dumpy. use. I imagine... Dumpy horses. Hang on, <laughs> like... I'm going to write that right here. Camel men do dip. All camel <laughs> yeah. men dip. Yeah, there you go. They chew tobacco. Because <laughs> They do spit. Because, yeah. you know, Camels in real life, spit, they just chew so... cud. Yeah. Yeah, they spit. <laughs> but, yeah, no, I... They also bite. I've heard camels bite people real fucking hard. So do horses, but take you your know. fingers off. Oh Jesus! Yeah, yeah, and we got ley lines and other mm-hmm. interesting. Uh, yeah, so I kind of mix of things. I left the magic side pretty open because I wasn't really looking at that initially, but you know, yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I well, necromancers. Like I said, I didn't wanna... pretty clear what they do, but they've got mm-hmm. one working for the police who literally just brings people back to ask them <laughs> how they were murdered. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the worst part about that is if all those people end up like Cork, I don't know how big this town is, but <laughs> I don't know how many murders there are. Ooh! <laughs> but he can't yeah. be the he can't be the only fucking dead guy walking around. No, well, it's, it's funny I mean, that no one believes that he's. Yeah. Yeah, there's... It feels like it's not the first time it happened. I, yeah, I put in the superstitions about it, too, like the... Because I like that, like, I like the worlds where magic is there and it's pervasive, but people are still skeptical of it, 
Like that's oh, like like Terry Pratchett. Yeah, well, yeah, to yeah, a this degree. This but... real fun like that. I mean, I guess they they didn't do it that often because people uh, have a lot of misunderstandings. But apparently, the cops, you know, bring you back and then give you an option: Do you want to be a mindless zombie slave, or do you want to <laughs> get back to get back to your job at the factory, <laughs> or back to a normal life? I guess. Yeah, that's a that's a, a PR life. failing. That's what that is. Probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, it was a it was a fun beginning to a story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought so. Yeah. And I think I left it open ended enough for you guys. I didn't. I I know with like a detective story, the my impulse was to like try and pigeonhole it so that you guys would figure out the mystery. But then, as it got later into the story, I'm like, yeah, whatever. They can. Take it where they want. It'll be more fun to see what you guys decide who the killer is and or where yeah, you Yeah, I mean, it. I immediately, I immediately don't even know if I trust one of these fucking <laughs> stupid camel men to have any idea who the killer would be. Yeah. How convenient that the first person he talks to is like, oh yeah, no, I know. <laughs> so, yeah. No, I'm like, no, he doesn't. No. He's like, <laughs> I think, right. I think I think I know who the it is, thing is though, but we like, shouldn't talk here yeah. because she'll listen to us. <laughs> <laughs> and then also, like, the fucking camel guy, like, let me get my thoughts in order. So at the very end, the very last thing the camel guy says, Wilbur says, is why do you think a guy that murders a random was targeting you? Yeah, right? exactly. So, like, mm. that's so funny. Yeah. Like, that like he he cuts straight to it like he's dumb. It's funny how <laughs> dumb he is, but then he's just like, "But you dumb." But he has a court. point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he no, he's got a point. Yeah, yeah. It, it, he he's he's dumb in a way that he gets to the goal, just not as quickly as other people. <laughs> but he does plottingly, yeah. carefully get there. Like I assume that that this is a real urban kind of setting. So yeah. Yeah, you know, that if was it was a intent for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, you, a, a serial killer would still target people within their area, or mm. maybe even people that they do know or pass by sometimes. So that's yeah. that, it. Could it could be? It's not an entirely <laughs> stupid idea to go asking around the the factory, but but yeah, it's <laughs> maybe not the best place to. I mean, he had nowhere else to start. I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Besides meditating in a sandbox. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, but, yeah, I, I'm not sure if he's made any progress yet in his, <laughs> his work. We'll just have to have something fall into his lap. I suppose we'll find out next time with the continuation from Adam. Thanks for listening. Yeah. Don't forget to rate and review, and we will see you in a week. See you then. Bye.